Yeah, we're rolling. Um, do you want to do the intro? Sure, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Half Court and Midrange, special Thanksgiving edition. I'm Ray. I'm Court. on some things we'll thank for for uh, thankful for um and yeah i hope uh we hope that as y'all are listening or uh, traveling you have a good holiday and good time with friends and family and uh yeah we'll just take this time to reflect a little bit so court um you want to kick us off what's uh what's something that you're thankful for oh shoot i thought you were going to be thankful for like basketball <laughs> stuff at first okay. i'm not ready i'm thankful for the that we can improvise on this show pretty well <laughs> i could go first then. um well this is this is easy for me to start with um i am very thankful uh predictably i'm going to be thankful for a lot of sixers related things um but we could say that this week the uh the process kind of uh, birthed uh, something results maybe uh, <laughs> in ways that it hadn't before. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the, so Joel Embiid, the kind of crown jewel of the process, um, had a pretty incredible game against Lakers. He scored 46 points, had 15 rebounds, had uh, seven assists and seven blocks. Um, that stat line had never been recorded in NBA history, having at least that many in each of those categories. It almost certainly was done by Wilt Chamberlain multiple times, but they didn't count blocks back then, so uh, he, he probably did it. But besides that, no one uh, has done it. Um, and he was just remarkable. It was a joy to watch. He was hitting three-pointers. He was making incredibly deft passes. He was euro stepping, which for a seven foot two human being uh, is a remarkable thing to see. He had some Hakeem like post moves. Uh, he was just powering through Julius Randle. Uh, it was remarkable. It was remarkable. Uh, and it was the Sixers have, they're basically, their plan has been to be bad for a while, uh, develop young players get draft picks, hope to get a guy that is like very special that could take them uh, to a championship game. And on Wednesday night against the Lakers, that is what Joel Embiid looked like. It looked uh, like he was playing in a championship game. How did the Lakers like make it through the Western the, Conference? The type of, he did not look like he was playing in a championship game because the Lakers are not that good. Um, but he did look like the type of player that could win a championship or could lead a team to a championship. Um, and I think in this game is actually a good example. The the rest of the team, so he and Ben Simmons and Robert Covington played pretty well, but the rest of the team was like ice cold um, shooting. It was really atrocious, um, and they still won. So mm. not the Lakers are a great team, but it's so impressive to win on the road when a lot of your team is playing poorly. So I am uh, very thankful for Joel Embiid. I have a question. When you were describing the process of tanking, you didn't call it tanking. Um, and it's less about that, but the current season we're in, did, was there any ever, was there ever Thanksgiving as a pun with describing the Sixers? Oh, I don't know, but I feel, 
I feel bad that I didn't think of it. Yeah. Um, like I've, I've would have assumed they did. And like, you would have yeah. heard it. If anybody would have heard it, it would have been you or yeah. probably a few more. Yeah. Sixers fans, but I listen, I listen to a lot of Sixers podcasts and just consume a lot of Sixers content. And I can't recall that pun being used, mm. but it's possible that like, it's sort of like a, you know, thing they try to avoid saying the sort of tanking thing. So maybe, yeah. maybe the Philly podcast would be less likely to like try yeah. to embrace that. Yeah, you maybe, certainly embraced the strategy, but it was more in the like context of like process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And maybe it would be like a sports talk radio people in Philly who don't like the process yet. Yeah, maybe they would call in and say Thanksgiving or something like that. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm trying okay. to think of the turducken version of Thanksgiving. That doesn't make any sense. Thanksgiving is like when... Hmm, I don't know. Maybe you just like don't want to go to Thanksgiving dinner anymore, so you just do a really bad job of mm. it or something. Or maybe you just don't want to host you just, it like, anymore. You burn the turkey or whatever. You're yeah. Like, oh, sorry. Burn the turkey. Yeah. I guess you don't burn. I guess you just make it really dry. Oh, we you could burn almost, a turkey. We almost. Yeah. We we cooked a turkey. Uh, friend and I, whose name I will not say now, mm. the other year, and um. We caused a really big fire in the oven mm. in the house that you lived in also, Court. Oh, yeah. I was gone then. <laughs> you were gone. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we were not trying to tank that day, uh, and we did get the fire out and save the turkey. So everything was okay, but it was kind of scary. They still kicked us out of the house a year later. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> Without knowing the, the fire in the oven situation. So, so yeah, be safe this year. Yeah. Um, if your turkey seems like it's going to burn, don't take it out of the oven before then. Yeah. I don't I know I think the problem was the oil was dripping, you know, and the oil like caught fire or something. Right. So we didn't have a big enough dish, I think, for the turkey. Yeah, you got to have something to catch the drift. So there's that. I think there's a lot of things that we didn't do that like people that are more responsible than us just would have done to prevent this. Um, that's what people say about, or that's what I say about my life a lot of times. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of things that I didn't do that people more responsible than me would do. Yes. Um, For instance, my driver's license expires on my birthday, which is very soon. Okay. You'll be, you won't ha have to fly by then, right? No, I'm flying okay. back beforehand. And yeah. even if I like missed my flight on Monday, I would still have six more days. Unless okay. there was like a blizzard. That would be actually kind of funny if there was like a blizzard in Virginia and I somehow like got pushed back. But I mean, I I've heard you, you don't even. Greyhound. Oh, that would stink. I've heard you don't even need a driver's license to get on a plane. You can go and they'll ask you a bunch of questions. Um, like especially if you have like car insurance and stuff, they'll they'll ask you questions. They have a way to validate it. Gotcha. Um, but it's a pain in the neck. Can it's I just stressful. show them my Facebook profile, and then uh, talk for a lot, and then let them listen to Half Court and Mid Range? You can show them my Costco membership card. TSA people, if you're re if you're listening, and a guy that looks like me is at the airport, it's me. Unless it isn't me. And he has a pretty dis Court has a pretty distinct voice, so you should trust him. Yeah. Plus, I have a card. This is me, Cortland Schoonover speaking. I have a card that says I work for the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals, and that ID should be valid in the eyes of the Transportation Security Administration. Absolutely. Hereby signed, verbal agreements are binding in Louisiana. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, I'm thankful for that. 
All right. And so uh, besides verbal agreements being binding in Louisiana, what else are you thankful for? Oh, shoot. This whole time I was listening to what you were saying and like really like paying attention to it. And I wasn't thinking about what I was going to say next this whole time uh, because I'm a good listener. (laughs) No, I mean like halfway I probably was thinking about like. Are you thankful that you're a good listener? Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would like say that I'm a good listener. Sometimes Mm. I can. It's a thing that I try to work on. Um, You're a good listener. Thank you. I'm glad that you think that. I'm thankful that you Not think as that. good as our podcast listeners. Oh, they are some good listeners. Speaking of podcast listeners, this is a thing I'm thinking. Speaking of Joel Embiid, Robert Covington, and some of our podcast listeners who have left us reviews like Ben Foster and Charles David Anderson, and uh, Ray is also in this league, uh, and some of our guests, Andrew Morissette and Joel Sherman. You know where I'm going with this. I'm thankful for... My fantasy basketball team being in first place, I guess. Mm. Yes. What's the name of your fantasy basketball team? Mine is, uh, shoot, we looked up all these pronunciations <laughs> and I didn't look up this one. I think it's Papa Nicolou Roach. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. pop. It's a pun on Papa Roach. Yeah. Our league is uh, new metal themed, uh, which if you're not immediately familiar with that, uh, it is a ambiguously defined genre that includes <laughs> Limp Bizkit. Uh, Papa, Papa Roach. Roach. Uh, Apparently, Crazy Town. Oh yeah, the oh they oh yeah, but they're that they were sense. they were, were a uh, you know new metal. Um, I want to say Synergy. That's the wrong crossover. Mm. Not crossover either. Wikipedia the, lists them as a rap rock band. Yeah, new metal has a lot of crossover with rap rock. I think. Yeah, Corn would be a new metal. Uh huh. Um, actually, if you're POD. Should, yeah, um, hybrid of new metal and Christian like sort of christian rock yeah they're um, like the sufjan stevens of new metal <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> um but yeah, if you're listening you should watch uh court and i watched uh the video of crazy uh crazy town's uh song butterfly uh last night you should do that it's really strange um that is a thing we did on a saturday night <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> louisiana saturday night um so yeah have uh, you ever seen the music video for that blind melon song you know the song i'm talking about oh it's the, like the really popular one yeah how does that one go it's like uh, uh man i, I just I'm so the context it. for this i was just in company burger uh, and i was drinking a beer and a milkshake at the same time because we played two soccer games were they mixed no well they mixed in my stomach somewhere okay. but uh we were there with uh, some of our team and uh my teammate Julian complimented me on my Iron Maiden shoes and was talking about uh, all the Iron Maiden songs he was listening to recently. And I was nice. like, yeah, man, I bet those songs are good because <laughs> um, I have the Iron Maiden bands, but I don't actually really listen to Iron Maiden that much because yeah. uh, I'm a poser, as they say. But there was they were playing like 90s music uh, on the stereo at uh, Company Burger. And that lit song came on. Oh, God. <laughs> My own worst enemy. <laughs> oh, gosh. And so I described that terrible video. Uh, they did not play the Crazy Town song, but they also played the Blind Melon song. And uh, Julian described that video as like, really like he was, his daughter was there and he was like, oh, yeah, you should watch that video sometime winter because it's like, you would like it. Uh, his daughter's four. <laughs> and she was also watching like the disturbing uh, this is gonna be too much context to explain for the listeners at home but she was watching the like really weird kids videos on oh. youtube yeah wait, right in front of you 
Yeah, like right in front of oh. us. Like she was like watching him on the bench when we were playing. And then uh, then she was watching. She wasn't watching him at dinner because she was like hanging out with us. But like when was, she was on the bench. her Was her parent like, don't watch those? No, Julian was like, yeah, man, that's some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So I think she's going to be okay because, uh, yeah, he's, you know. He's pretty pretty metal. So, um, for context, there's an article. I think it's titled something like "Something Is Wrong with the Internet," that was on Medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Court could probably do a better job explaining it than me. Yeah, I'm not going to do a great job explaining it, but you should check out the article. Basically, what happens is like these uh, people use scripts to kind of make like these knockoff videos of like kids content that are like nominally like educational they're like learn to count or like learn colors colors. but then they just have like a mashup of every search term that would be possible (laughs) and they just turn into the and also like video length somehow is like an important search factor ranking and so they tend to be like quite long uh 30 minutes seemed to be the yeah 30 30 minutes was like a nice marker and so they're just sort of like this repetitive like you know, uh, abstract, semi-abstract, like it's hurt. They're kind of like, yeah, they don't make you feel good when you watch them as an adult, maybe as a kid, they like really, um, Oh, and also the other like sort of, um, type of video that, that is really popular is these kinder egg videos where like somebody just opens up a chocolate egg and shows like what toy was inside the candy surprise eggs. I think that's the, yeah. Kinder egg, I think is the German, uh, name for it. Okay. And maybe it was like, I don't know the or- origin of the candy or okay. something, but yeah, they're like a, a surprise eggs is another name, I guess, or the more popular name. Uh, and kids just love watching that. Cause they're like, what, yeah. how did like a toy, how yeah. is a toy inside chocolate? It's just one dude that has like millions of subscribers <laughs> and he just opens up <laughs> eggs and presents. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> it's so weird. He like, he surely makes like a lot of money. Doing yes. That. Yeah. He it's... makes more money than a professional video game player. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the watermark. Um, America. Yeah. So maybe read that. Um, as yeah, it'll, it'll, it made me feel a sense of, uh, on we, uh, so maybe be careful if you, yeah. Maybe do it Just with your family right. on Thanksgiving Day. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Watch football. Show it to your grandparents and just be like, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm thank. Wait, what was I thankful for? <laughs> I got distracted. Um, I think I was thankful for my fantasy basketball team being yes, in first are. place. You are. Which I know that's a little bit, you know bragging and whatnot and it, you know pride cometh before a fall uh but i fully expect to lose the league anyway so maybe i'm trying to double jinx it but no, your team's pretty good unless you get some players that get hurt I guess well the thing is we're gonna do the redraft so i have to be yeah but you have I, good. I have to be at least sort of like as good as the for if somebody is as good as me next in the redraft i have to be as good as they were this half yeah but you have I also can just like totally ignore three pointers in the uh, next half, I think, because I'm crushing it on three yeah. pointers. Yeah. Because I have Brutal Bob and I have Eric Gordon. So yeah. Brutal Bob Speaking in this case is uh, Brutal Bob. Bob Covington. Brutal Bob Covington. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, Ray, let's kick it over to you. Do you have any uh, more thank? We're doing both basket. That was my basketball thankfulness, thank yeah. gratitude. That was my basketball gratitude, and we're also doing uh, life gratitudes. Yeah. Uh, for right now, I'm going to stick with another basketball one with Brutal Bob Covington, uh, also known as Robert Covington, also known as Rock Covington. Mm. Um, that sounds like his real nickname, not the one that just you and I use. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but if, listeners, I encourage you to say Brutal Bob Covington like it's his real nickname. Um, he signed a contract extension. Um, this is going to get into some uh, minutia of the collective bargaining agreement, but... That's our uh, listeners' favorite points. Yeah. <laughs> you you like look through the episode and you see some people just come and only listen to those parts <laughs> of the episode. Um. But basically, the Sixers had about $15 million under the salary cap this year. And you might think, oh, they wasted that. They could have got another player. You would be wrong. What they did was they renegotiated and extended Robert Covington. So they gave him $15 more million this year. He was making basically like a million and a half dollars. And so then they got to pay him less on the following four years of his contract, about $11 million per year. Um, and that means he will count less against the salary cap in the future and still be able to make a lot of money. He'll even get more present value. He'll have a higher net present value because he gets some of that money up front and he can invest it, which I imagine he will do because that's, that's a good thing to do. I imagine he has a financial advisor that will tell him to do that. Yeah. I mean, when you have a lot of money, that's what you do with it. Yeah. For the most part, unless you're Alan Iverson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so anyhow, I'm really thankful for, uh, having Robert Covington on the Sixers or having him under contract now for the next, uh, the rest of this season and four more after that, he has been playing really well. He's basically shooting 50% from three almost. He is among the lead leaders and three pointers made. He shoots like he just is, he just fires and that's what you need. You just need a guy who's open. He gets the ball. He fires. Um, he and fits- makes it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Around uh, the neighborhood of 50% of the time. <laughs> yes, that is a that is a good thing. <clears throat> he plays great defense. Um he's just a really really uh good player so I'm I'm thankful for him and uh I don't know if I'm going to talk about more but I also going to say Ben Simmons is playing out of his mind. He is uh just an incredibly he's only like 20 years old. This is his first season actually playing in the NBA and uh he is just, he's awesome. He is like strong. He is a great passer. He has a great sense for the game. He just like gets into passing lanes well. He's got a ton of steals. Um, you can just tell he feels the game really well. Um, and he's made all these passes where you're looking at him and like, man, that looks like LeBron. Um, where he'll just drive and see the guy in like the other corner and jump up and wing this laser across and. Uh, just super, super fun to watch. And he and Embiid seem to have a chemistry already. Um, so, yeah, things are good. And things are good in Sixers land. We're That's nice. trusting the process. We're th- I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for Ben Simmons and Robert Covington and uh, Joel Embiid. And, uh, yeah. I'm glad that Robert Covington got some money after that parsimonious uh, Sam Hankey is out of there, you know, trying to get him to pay play for second-round money for... <laughs> yeah and that's free yeah. the whole time well that's a, that's so a shout funny. out to the calangelas oh uh, gosh get out of here <laughs> um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get mad at brian for well whatever uh 
I think it's actually, it's interesting. There's now being a lot written about the process and people are like, well, this was a great idea. And it's like, yeah, we knew it was a great idea. That's why we were saying it was a great idea the whole time. And that's why Hinky was like explaining why it made sense. Like he was, this is exactly what he was like hoping for. You just keep trying to get these great players through this way. And look, we got some, and you sign these guys like Robert Covington for cheap. And we signed a bunch of those guys and a bunch of them didn't work out, but Robert Covington did work out. And he got an opportunity. So, yeah, he played for, like, the league minimum for a couple of years. But because of our approach, he got an opportunity to play a lot of minutes. And now he's made himself $65 million. And it all worked out for everybody. Except for, like, the guys that didn't, you know. But they still got, like, a million dollars or whatever per season to play and try. Like right. They got, they got run. Yeah, I mean, there's probably, it's probably, you could probably find a few cases where, like, somebody, like, never really got paid their value. I mean, obviously nobody gets paid their value they either get paid more than they're worth or less than they're worth and there's probably yeah. a few egregious cases of people like yeah. providing a lot of but uh, uh, the other thing is <clears throat> a lot of them are the extremely skilled players because there's the uh you know max contract and so like the value of like a superstar is far far more than their what they actually get paid yeah but there's like uh, other benefits to being that person right like yeah yeah I do think that like the middle players are probably where it's the most like overpaid. Probably, yeah. I would guess. Yeah, that's. I think that's right. Just like America, the middle class gets the most money and is over. <laughs> <laughs> we do not endorse that. We do not endorse that statement. Uh, <laughs> Tear it all down. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I do think there are some players that the that the Sixers approach has not worked well for. Namely, Jaleel Okafor. Uh, mm. He was kind of... Um, he was probably picked because they thought he had the most value, that he had like the highest potential uh, of the players at that spot, even though they knew he didn't really fit on the team. Um, and I think it just was a hard situation the whole time uh, for him. And just a lot of... like To his own faults, uh, he didn't seem to be in great shape. He didn't seem to be like, trying very hard to get better at defense. Um, but the situation was like not ideal for him to succeed where if another team had gotten him and he had like a team that fit around him better, um, he didn't have to like, re- you know, compete for minutes with other centers as much or potentially play out of position, then uh, he might've done better. So I think there are some cases where it, it didn't work out, but also I think, for the players that were like working super hard and trying to get better. It was a good thing. Didn't work out for Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie will be proven right in the end. That's all that, <laughs> that's all that matters. Um, it is funny that people are, the people just have such like a short, like attention span or something <clears throat> where they're like, I don't know. Now the process is working. I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, people don't want to look in sort of like longer than like the last day or something in terms of like what they freak out about. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the kind of I guess that's what people say about our current media landscape is just like you got to react everything immediately. And so like people are just looking for that immediate reaction and like the more thoughtful stuff. It's like, oh, that's too long to read, <laughs> you know, like um yeah i'm trying to you know or it's like you know a lot of people 
like Zach Lowe writes these like long articles that are like really detailed about a team or a player or whatever. And they're trying to like look at things from a long view. And I feel like, I guess he's one of the more popular writers, but I think a lot of people are just like, I just want to know, you know, what Donald Trump said about LeVar Ball. Yeah. Or like, tell me who I should be mad at right now. <laughs> tell me who's making the, you know, destroying the integrity of the game right now or whatever. I don't yeah. Know. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, you're thankful for brutal Bob Covington. Yeah. I believe it was the start of that. Yeah. But we kind of digressed, I guess. Yeah. And Ben Simmons. Shout out to Ben Simmons. Is this like one of the, is it like a snake draft or is this more of like a, you know what we should have done, Ray? We should have an auction. We should have had an auction for which order we got to say, uh, thank, uh, gratitudes in. Mm. That would have been the, let the market decide. Yeah. Is there another example where the, they're letting the market decide? I'm glad you asked, Ray. (laughs) Uh, yes. Uh, we've talked about Dota 2 on this podcast before. Uh, it's a popular esport. What's uh, up, some, Guthrie? Some yeah, G- Guthrie is about to get excited. Guthrie, skip to this section if you want to learn about or if you want to hear about Dota too. Also, Nick Holiday, listen. Oh yeah, Nick Holiday asked about the podcast via text message the other day. It was awesome. I think Stefan made him do it. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to people that are you know telling other people to listen to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and we appreciate it when people give us positive um, feedback about esports uh, segments. And so we were bringing you one right here. Uh, anyway, this is going to be a little complicated to explain, but there's like they changed the way tournaments are organized uh, this year. The developer that makes this video game, uh, and so uh, now it used to be like the developer would like put on these events, and there would be kind of like a championship, and then like three like smaller events, kind of like U.S. Open style, or sorry, not U.S. but like tennis style, where there's like four like majors. Uh, but they changed it this year. Now they still do the championship, but people can apply to be the organizer for a tournament that like gets teams points to like qualifying for the Mm -hmm. championship. Uh, So can we apply to be an organizer? um, We could try to be an, yeah, we could try to make it's, there's a lot of money involved. It would Mm -hmm. be hard to do uh, because you have to have like prize pools that are upwards of six, you know, six figures, Yeah, which is a lot of money. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but you can get people can like sponsor you. So anyway, there's this tournament which actually is not one of the ones that gets you points to qualifying for the championship, but it's a more experimental one. Uh, and in the normal game, you can like pick the character you want to be, and different characters have like different powers and stuff. And the developer tries to make it so it's balanced, like every character is like kind of useful in some way, and like kind of like rock paper scissors, but with like a hundred options. Um, but in this version of it, there is an auction uh, instead of just normal picking. And based on the popularity of how many times the character gets picked, the prices go up or down. And then there's a budget for each team in the tournament, and they can use their budget um, however they want during the tournament. Um, so there's like a group stage, and then some teams get eliminated, and then there's like a playoff round of like it's basically a semifinals and a finals. Um, but you have a limited budget for the entire tournament. So there's a lot of strategies, like meta strategy involved and like, how do you spend your money? Like, do you spend it early to guarantee that you make like the next round or get a good seed in the next round? Or do you spend it 
like you try to save up some for the championship so that like you might have a less chance of making it but if you do make it you'll like beat the team that sort of like tried to spend early to make there uh so yeah what do you do you think that a similar thing could be applied in the nba or like (laughs) obviously not but what about Um, like i think well for one i just i just really like it um i like i like how i like how it makes it so the characters i think with like you said with these games they try to balance the characters but they're never going to be able to do that like rock paper scissors obviously the characters are equally balanced right. uh, no rock is op man <laughs> <laughs> um but in other games it's like pretty impossible to do that and so this is like well we understand that's not going to happen and so it'll be reflected in how much you have to bid for these characters like i like that as like a, a good solution for that problem um i also just like the idea that it does introduce more strategies and approaches and like different like levels of thinking i think like maybe if you're a really good team in the early stage and you're playing bad teams you could make a calculated risk to be like weaker and save up money yeah i think like if you're a bad team you could be like well screw it we're gonna go like go for it and like spend a lot of money because like whatever if we get to the next round like that'll just be exciting anyway right um so which could lead to like you know both of those things worked in tandem like maybe you have some upsets or something like it could lead to interesting kind of gameplay. And I think it could also lead to people like experimenting with different characters or combination characters that are like untraditional that maybe like work well together, but like don't have like a lot of value traditionally. And it's like, Oh, Oh, like that's a good, we can play this way with these characters. Nice. I like that you went there. People were also sort of speculating that like, some of the better teams like might accidentally have to use their sort of like more secret strategies mm. where like maybe they're like good with like a more uncommon character, but they're like saving it for a more important tournament, mm. uh, like the championship or something. And normally like in these like lesser tournaments, they would not be like using that strategy, but like maybe they're like, Oh, well it's like a cheap on the auction. Cause nobody really uses this person. We're, but we're actually good at it. Like, do we use it now? Mm. Um, that meta that meta sort of game is probably less important. It's also kind of like it appears to be that this round of it, they're sort of like gonna donate whoever wins has like promised to donate their winnings to charity. Uh so it seems like the stakes are possibly a little bit lower. But yeah. It is good as an experiment, I think. The other fun thing that I think could cross apply here is um certain like challenges will get you extra money. Uh so you can do things that are sort of detrimental or at least like new well, actually, all of them are pretty sort of like detrimental to your team mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, so, like, I'm trying to think of a basketball like example, but like maybe if you get like a dunk, like where you do an alley oop off the backboard, like that would get you extra points. But obviously, like that's a stupid thing to try in a yeah. real game just to like try to do it. Yeah. Uh, but it's also kind of exciting to have happen. So, yeah. like maybe that could like there would be some sort of like pool for like getting draft picks or something. You know, like yeah you would have a higher chance of getting draft picks if you'd completed sort of like these weird challenges for entertainment. Yeah. Obviously there would be a lot of people that would be like that totally destroys the integrity of the game, whatnot for basketball, but I love it. The other one that was really good was trash talking. There was one where you like, you had to pick a certain player on the other team and like every time they like messed up, you had to like trash talk them uh, in the in-game chat, like within a certain amount of seconds. And if you did that successfully, then you got extra money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think this yeah, I think this is all this is all great. 
This is all great. I'm trying to think of the NBA. I would say the NBA parallels are like the NBA is like highly structured in how like the draft picks make a certain amount of money like per their slot and you then you have like you can sign rookies to certain kinds of extensions and then you can sign players to contracts max contracts based on like how many years of service they have and so actually there are all of these rules that govern how much you can pay players depending on how long they've been in the league um so really they're probably pretty far from that i think like honestly relaxing any of those rules could allow teams to like you know, invest their resources um, more according to how they want it to. Like you could eliminate the draft and say, you know, you can just bid on the players. Um, and like, if you want, if you're young, if you're a rebuilding team, you can just spend more money on rookies instead of veterans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that could allow teams to do more like multi-year strategies. Um, instead of doing something like the Sixers did to try to like, work around that you could more directly just invest your resources you know in your whatever five-year goal for your team rather than being like well we have 100 million dollars in cap space this year so let's go sign george hill even though we don't really need him or he's not that good and we're not going to be a good team this year like the kings did this year um and zach randolph um they could have been like well We'll spend that money on draft players and pay whatever Larry Larry Markinen more money than the Bulls would have wanted to pay him. The Bulls are a bad example, but yeah, um, they they're also bad. They're also bad. Um, Malik Monk, maybe Malik Monk for Charlotte would have been a a decent one or or something like that. But yeah, yeah, I I think even yeah, a relaxation of the rules might be more in line with this sort of like. At least with the draft too, like the draft in the NBA is just ordered yeah. based on like how bad you were or whatever. But yeah. if it was, I I would like to, for it to be like not exactly like free agency though. Like if it was some sort of like negotiation period or like I don't know, like maybe the players would agree that like you know there's a minimum for each like slot and then like each position. I don't know how people would like go in order though. Yeah. Maybe there was a minimum for each position and the team got to like nominate them for that minimum, but then people could bid mm. after that. Mm. But then they, you could run into a thing where like a team had a slot and then they just wouldn't bid. And then who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It could get tricky. Something uh, like that though would be kind of fun. I do like these bonus things. And I think because NBA Twitter is kind of a, a world in and of itself, um, I feel like teams and players could get points for excelling in NBA Twitter. Mm. Um, and obviously Joel Embiid would be the king mm. uh, as he is the best at Twitter. Um, I would love it for like something like where players had sort of like incentives that would sort of go counter to the, maybe the incentives of their teams. Like if you got like some sort of stupid dunk in the game, like you personally would get like a, somewhat significant amount of money i would want it to be like low enough that it would still be stupid to do it but like high enough where somebody would definitely do it uh just to like make their coach mad or something yeah Yeah. uh you know like try to do a dunk off the backboard or something and just like certain players would be so tempted to do that i bet and it would be awesome i wonder how um eric bledsoe's tweet would fare in this system (laughs) he tweeted um eric bledsoe was on the phoenix suns who were really bad and they, they their first couple games they lost by 
the first three games they lost by almost like 100 points combined or something um and he tweeted just, it was like a sunday afternoon and they actually they fired the coach that day i don't know he probably did know at the time but he tweeted i don't want to be here <laughs> and and of course everybody's like oh boy and he was talking about they were talking about there's rumors of him being traded anyway it just made sense he's a kind of more veteran player on a young really bad team those players tend to get traded um but then he said that he was he was at the the hairdresser or something maybe with like he was a at a hair salon he was yeah. at a hair salon yeah and that was what he was talking about which is great which would yeah which um would have made sense if there was sort of a history of saying stuff like that you know what i mean like yeah the timing was wrong yeah or he could have like he could have pit you know put, done it with like a uh at least ambiguous picture mm-hmm. you know like at a hair salon or like i don't know anywhere yeah <laughs> um but i think that was pretty good um he ultimately got traded it worked so good for him yeah he's now ever- on the milwaukee bucks if you you know if you ever want to out of your job and have but have a same job somewhere else just tweet get me out of here i don't want to be here i don't want to be here maybe we should both experiment and do that and see if um we get traded to milwaukee God, i don't want to go to milwaukee <laughs> Neither, it's cold i'm there. thankful that i live in new orleans <laughs> and not in milwaukee although i had a very nice time in milwaukee when i went there i saw the national play at the pabst theater uh, and then I looked at their art museum from the outside because it was closed on the day I went, but they had a cool architecture. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And we didn't have a whole lot of time anyway. It was like an hour before the show, so nice. would have been would have been hard. Uh, yeah, Milwaukee. Also, shout out to Milwaukee. I'm thankful for Malcolm Brogdon hmm. uh, playing in the NBA. I'm a little, you know, I'm not as thankful for the Eric Bledsoe trade because that semi-impacted his minutes, it seems, so far. But he still gets a lot of play. Yeah, um, I think we talked about. Did we talk about that trade on the podcast, or did we just? Oh, somebody asked like what your thoughts were on the Jabo's board, like oh. what, and you said that he you were expecting him to sort of be in the closer lineup anyway, <laughs> instead yeah. of Snell. And it seems like Snell might be the at least so far the guy in like oh, the closing lineup. Yeah, I would. Um, Snell has been playing well. He's been shooting really well. I think. Um, or last time I checked, he was. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Brogdon is versatile enough that it shouldn't, and I guess we could just see (laughs) it shouldn't impact his minutes that much because he can really play like he can play point guard, shooting guard and three, um, and defend multiple positions. Um, especially as a good defensive wing, he just like, there's generally a place for him on the floor. So I think in the long run, it shouldn't impact his minutes that much. And I don't think... Like, he has enough juice as a creator to actually, like, be even, like, a nominal point guard next to Giannis. So, I ultimately, I think it'll allow him to, like, assume a proper role. And mm-hmm. he has, like, a... And apparently the Bucks, I'm sure the Suns were asking for Brogdon, so they made a point to keep him, which speaks well, you know, to how they think about him. Right, yeah. I feel like they were talking about Greg Monroe and Malcolm Brogdon going yeah. Yeah, along with... I assume there was a pick. There was a pick, right? Yeah, I think if Brogdon went, there wouldn't have been a pick, but gotcha. um, they did send a pick. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I am thankful that our readers uh, served the purpose of being our stats guys uh, who would have looked up the like Malcolm Brogdon's minutes before he, the trade and Malcolm Brogdon's minutes after the trade and some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's why we have our listener. Did I say readers before? We, we, we you know, we want to give them, we don't want to answer all the questions. You know, we want to, but Ray on his Twitter, <clears throat> I think Ray on his Twitter is going to look up the stats and he's going to tell you, uh how many minutes before the trade and how many minutes after the trade and he's I'll, gonna post tweet it that? yeah you're gonna tweet it when you tweet out okay. the episode okay so cool. check ray's twitter okay we should probably get a twitter for the podcast yeah but um we don't have one yet so ray's a better twitter uh you know ray's better at twitter than i am but i'm not that good yeah, yeah. the I'm most like, i'm like the joe harris of twitter uh, yeah, speaking of Joe Harris and Twitter, the most recent, second most recent tweet I posted was Joe Harris doing a reverse layup. What percentage of your tweets do you think are related to Joe Harris? Ooh, you're going to have to calculate this if I answer. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to read all my tweets, which is something like in the hundreds, okay. uh, like 100. Okay. So pretty, it will be pretty easy to calculate though after you count if it's exactly 100. Uh <laughs> And I've tweeted about him, I know for a fact, at least three times. I've tweeted at him at least once. Um, I'd say, yeah, I'd probably say like 2%, to be honest, which is a lot, I guess, depending on how much you tweet for me, not often. And based on who Joe Harris is. One time I was about to have this um, article that I wrote published uh, and I wanted to promote it on Twitter. And so the day before it was going to be out, I just tweeted like a bunch that day to make it seem like I actually posted stuff on Twitter. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then I posted the thing that was like, read this article I wrote. <laughs> nice. Uh, um. But now I'm not as I'm thankful that I'm, uh, you know, not as concerned with my Twitter image as I used to be. That's great. That's great. Um. Also related to Malcolm Brogdon, is there anything else you're thankful for? Oh, I'm thankful for UVA basketball start so far. Uh, if you want to hear more informed and also less informed at the same time uh, coverage of UVA basketball along with the rest of the ACC, you should listen to our friends at ACC Basketball Degenerates because um, they uh, they do a lot of podcasts. Or they, Yeah, anyway, what, last time I was back home in Charlottesville or back at my parents' home in Charlottesville, I um recorded an episode with them they had me as a guest so i want to thank thank them for that um but i'm thankful for uva basketball uh their start to the season they've won four games um and kyle guy is sort of their uh most hyped player he's a sophomore he was mcdonald's all-american and uh he had a pretty good freshman season he's a good shooter uh he had a 29 point game against vcu it's a pretty decent team uh and then they also have two freshmen uh, redshirt freshman Jay Huff and I keep wanting to call him RJ Hunter but it's actually DeAndre Hunter um, and so they, they've had they each have had a game where they kind of showed a lot of promise so uh, I'm thankful that they'll be an exciting team again um, and I'm thankful that they are a program in college basketball uh, college basketball went through, through some rough stuff this offseason mm-hmm um, and I'm thankful that they're not Louisville. And I'm also thankful they're not uh, UNC because UNC got off like kind of on some BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I am mostly indifferent to UVA basketball. But, but um, what about the NCAA stuff? Do you think the NCAA is not fair? Uh, I do. Yeah. It's probably a longer thing than you might want to do here. Yeah. And I probably said something about it. But uh, yeah, I think... Uh, 
part of the the scandal you could read about it but basically there were like teams working with like shoe companies working with agents like kind of agreeing to get like players to sign once they become pros with people and ultimately it's just like when you create something like college basketball that just generates a lot of money um and like getting the best players leads schools to get more money um but you don't allow them to pay them then like inevitably people will like try to break the rules somehow to like get the best it's just like an economic reality it's like <laughs> if getting you know the um michael porter jr will like make a a team like five million dollars or something like that but they can't just like pay him five million dollars then they'll be like hmm can we cheat <laughs> can we can we direct our resources can we direct one million dollars to cheating to get him to come to our school um which do you is think like, that happened with him uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I don't want to cast any. Actually, I think his dad is on the coaching staff at Missouri now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or that. It's like yeah. It's. I mean, so um, and this this happens all the time where these top prospects, their family will be hired, um, which I'm not even like. That's that's no, no like shade at the prospects themselves. They should get whatever they can get, and they should do what they want to do. Um, so hopefully either college bat college sports figures out a way to compensate players fairly um because they generate a lot of revenue for schools and a lot of people that don't do a lot to actually make the basketball product uh or they just like kids go to the nba uh, and don't make them go to college which there's some clamor about that ben simmons actually is talking a lot about that right now yeah he sure didn't like college basketball (laughs) that dude did not try too hard Well, as he well, there. he shouldn't. You know, he fouled out every game. Yeah, more guys, more guys should go to China and Europe. Uh, that's what I would. That's what I. If I had a, if I had a, um, a son who is a highly uh, recruited prospect, I would, I would encourage him to go play for money in Europe and China, rather than go to college. All right. I mean, I would tell him to do what he wanted to do, obviously. But that's what I. I think. We're gonna play this clip to your future son. <laughs> <laughs> holding you to it dad hello future son <laughs> i hope we haven't achieved singularity yet <laughs> if we have you've already you just heard this, know this <laughs> without having to listen to it <laughs> don't watch those kids videos on youtube <laughs> i hope i didn't let you watch them or we fixed them before you were created yeah or you are one of the videos on youtube you have become one of them. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, I'm thankful that we're not videos on YouTube right now, Ray. I'm thankful Me that too. we're uh, physical humans talking to each other from across this room. Uh, for we were so right now we're recording in the usual studio, which is in my living room, uh, and Ray is sitting on the futon couch, and I'm sitting in my computer chair. There is about ten feet between us, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a long enough microphone cord, but I was thinking it might be nice to record one where we were both sitting on the same couch uh, just to see how the dynamic would be a little bit different. But we were unable to do it because the microphone cord was just slightly not long enough. It was very... And it was making me think of... um, I listened to a lot of sports talk radio growing up um, from a very young age, which probably impacted my 
social emotional development in strange ways. Um, <laughs> but there was, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning broadcast. It was either Sunday morning or Saturday morning, but there was a guy named Sonny Hill who was like a long time, I don't know. He's like a Philly guy. He was an older guy. He'd just been around for a while and just kind of like knew all the basketball people in the city, but he would always, it would be, he would be in the living room. That was, he would say, I'm in the living room with Sonny Hill. Oh. Welcome to the living room. And it was making me think of that sitting on that couch together because I just like pictured like them at like a, with like a coffee table, you know, mm-hmm. drinking coffee. There's not a coffee table here for what it's worth. Listeners. Yeah. Uh, I'm thankful that, uh, I am able to, you know, like live a reasonable life, uh, without having a longer microphone cord or a coffee table. Yeah. I'm not in want for anything. Yeah. And maybe you would be worse if you had a coffee table and a longer cord. Yeah. I'm thankful that, um, yeah, I'm just going to stop on the head here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, but, um, Okay, so yeah, I can't. Re- I guess I was thankful for UVA basketball. That yeah. was the most recent thing. Yeah, and Ray is indifferent to NCAA basketball teams. Yes, um, that is right. Um, I suppose I'm not. In- I suppose I think it's sometimes fun to watch, observe how other people respond to, mm. to uh, NCAA basketball, particularly for our friends who get really excited about UVA. That's yeah. Funny. The fandom is kind of amazing and it is fun. Okay. So like the concept of like watching people play sports is kind of strange as it is. I was after my soccer game, I was hanging out with some of my teammates and this woman that we played with, uh, was talking about reading this article about esports, and an, another guy that we play with was just kind of incredulous that people watch other people play video games. And she was like, you like to play video games sometimes though. Right. And he was like, yeah. And she's like, you like to play soccer. Right. But you also like watch people play soccer. Uh, that are really good at it and he's like yeah and she's like so why wouldn't you watch somebody who's really good at video games play video games uh and then we started talking about other stuff but (laughs) (laughs) got him (laughs) but yeah i was i thought it was kind of uh, it was interesting because like that's an argument i might sort of like make less than like trying to convince somebody but just trying to like be like why do we watch people play sports uh on tv or like why do we watch like people that are good at things that we like do things yeah yeah and i guess there's just maybe there's just i guess if you like something you just want to uh i guess there's like a tendency to just like dive into it however you can you know Mm -hmm. um i went on this long hike that we talked about on the podcast sometime back and like in researching it i realized that there is this just like strange like backpacking community that just like loves backpack you know they just like they just love it and they've they've got their like nicknames and there's just kind of i don't know there's just stuff you talk about you talk about your gear i don't know it's its own little world so it's, i think it's like in a sense like talking about backpacking has like nothing to do with like being outside and like getting into the wilderness and like climbing mountains and stuff like like talking about your stove doesn't have anything to do with that. But like, I think just because it makes you feel like, cause like I can't be in the mountain right now, but I can talk to somebody about like how my quilt weighs 19 ounces. Like it, like <laughs> it, 
it just like you know it makes me i don't know feel like a part of it you know what i mean <laughs> and i guess i haven't i haven't like kind of really kind of went into this community necessarily um i'm more just like seen it from the outside but i you know what i mean i think that's what it is yeah uh def i mean if you're into something you want to be thinking about it i guess or yeah like it compels you yeah um yeah or like you'll all we we talk about basketball even yeah and we read i read posts on nba reddit occasionally about basketball yep you probably read those long zach low articles and i do you listen to the uh podcast the dunked on podcast dunked on podcast uh, um that's right that's right um so yeah but you're actually your um comment uh is a good segue into one of my yeah that's what i was going for i was going for a good segue excellent um so i am thankful uh for sports i do think it is for particularly in this case uh being able to watch sports being able to be a fan of sports um i think you're right it is strange why we watch sports um i i so maybe so maybe a good way to get into this is um a few years ago i went to 13 consecutive minor league baseball games outside of new orleans uh in the span of 12 days um at the time there were the new orleans zephyrs now they're the new orleans baby cakes and i blogged about it generally uh asking the question like why are people fans of sports um and that was largely because I dated someone who just like totally didn't understand it and like really wanted to understand it. And so like we talked a lot about it. And so there's this like continued question. I don't think I ever gave her a su- sufficient answer. Um, but for me, especially being from Philadelphia, like sports were important. Um, people in Philadelphia like really love the Eagles in this like kind of crazy way that I think most people don't understand. Um, and so that's just like a part of growing up. You just like, like sports. You just spend a lot of time watching sports. Like people center their weeks around watching the Eagles games. Um, people are devastated when they lose. Um, so anyhow, I think, so I don't know that I answered the question in that blog series, which is now in the bowels of the internet. Mm-hmm. hopefully the compost of the internet uh straight straight into the composting toilet yeah out of that lower intestine of the internet i think there were i think those articles were fairly nitrogenous so i think that they could make some some good internet soil mm. um but uh but so but for now my gratitude is i've been feeling down lately um and i think when I'm feeling down, having any kind of distraction is nice. Um, anything that like can be like mildly interesting and like sports, uh, particularly like watching the Sixers right now for me is, a uh, is like an important distraction. Uh, and it's just like fun that like there's something in front of your face that you like are interested in and like, you know, Joel Embiid scores a lot of points and that's fun. Or Simmons has a good pass and that's fun. So there's like some immediate like verification, uh, you know, 
uh, immediate stimulation. And then also you have people writing about it and you have this like community of people that like, like the Sixers with you. And so like everybody's getting excited on Twitter at the same time. And yeah, you feel like you're like a part of this like strange community of people who get excited about brutal Bob Covington, you know? Um, so I say I'm grateful for sports and having that as a diversion, um, uh, especially in times when I'm feeling down, like I am now. Gotcha. Do you think also like sort of the seasonal nature of it is nice in that like mm-hmm. you both are like um, watching the game in the present moment, but you know, it's like, it's part of this season and like, you know, that like maybe at the end of the season, there'll be a playoff appearance for the Sixers, maybe not. Um, but then there were also, there's sort of that like longer, like there's the draft and then there's like the off season. And yeah. it's like, that's a different period of time with regards to the fandom of the team. But like, and of course the adage, like the old, there's always next season, um, adage. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. I think the cyclical nature of it and having like endpoints and, and, uh, new things to look forward to. And the NBA is like the best at this because it's a long season and then you have, you have the draft lottery, you have the draft, you have free agency. So you really don't really have a break. It just kind of one thing moves into another. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge part of it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think that's really nice, Ray. I've enjoyed, uh, the seasons of sports fandom that we've shared together. Yes. Uh, both in the times that we were watching a lot of minor league baseball. I believe I went to a few of those games. I admire your uh, dedication or sort of possibly masochism uh, to go to thir- 13 games in 12. Um, and we that was around a similar time. I think it was about a year after, actually. But we, we a similar time. Uh, and we also did the spring training trip. But we, yeah. we did the minor league baseball trip where we went to every... Uh, stadium in the southern league and saw a different minor league baseball there um and then it takes me back to the times when we were in college and maybe like we watched the phillies win the world series um we did that when or even earlier in college before we lived together we watched like the giants and the eagles play yeah uh and you know one one team did something stupid and the other team won and then like this year for instance this is the only giants game i watched and the giants really blew it but it was like that's the the fact that it is like a cyclical is kind of the wrong word, but the repetitive, like sort of like uh, connections through time. Yeah. Yeah. To, to wax a little bit poetic here. Yeah. About um, something that is at the same time, a little bit trivial, but in a way I agree in a way that's like nice to like as, as a light, a lighter diversion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was actually reflecting on, because the Giants are so bad right now and people are talking about Eli potentially retiring. We've watched a lot of Eagles Giants games together. Yeah. We've watched a lot of Eli Manning. And uh yeah, there would be there'd be something sad about if he retires not being able to be like, "Man, I don't like Eli Manning's face because I don't." You know, but would but you like something... it if he was a guest on this podcast in this room right now? He's not coming in the door. Uh, <laughs> I would like it. But uh, Eli Manning, if you ever want to be a guest on this podcast, it would be the best 31st birthday present ever. That's coming up in two weeks. But so maybe like one of the later birthdays. 
mm-hmm. if you're ever retired and really just want to be on a podcast we have very few financial incentives to offer but uh yeah you know it's your hometown yeah do it um so yeah that's uh and it, it doesn't it definitely doesn't make sense like so court and i were watching the eagles giants game at j and j's earlier this year and uh it was like pretty sloppy game which is like common of the giants giants eagles just like it feels like someone's gonna win based on like whichever team does the most stupid thing um and then it got down to it and it was like tied or yeah it was tied and (laughs) and court and i were both just like gosh we just don't want this to go into overtime and then and you're like like, if it goes into overtime let's just leave and i was like sure let's just leave and there was like basically the only thing the giants had to do was like exactly the opposite of what they did to prevent the eagles from scoring and even in that case the guy still had to kick like an incredibly long field like goal which is like field goal. yeah probably like a 30 yeah. to 40 percent chance of happening yeah. and they just won it outright before overtime and i was like well i'm gonna go now and i just left <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it was just kind of absurd and like we're watching this game and it's like kind of fun but like kind of it's just like really frustrating (laughs) and then like realize like who's win like doesn't necessarily like mean the one team's better or like and like what does it matter anyway because like both these teams probably aren't gonna win the super bowl although now the eagles look like maybe they probably still won't (laughs) they probably still won't but they look like (laughs) they they have have a higher chance than the giants certainly (laughs) for sure (laughs) but it's also like yeah i I just would rather i would rather them lose than actually have to continue watching this game (laughs) just not good not that's not being a good sports fan that's being a bad sports fan but i suppose that was the that was i thought that that was how i felt too until they actually lost (laughs) in regulation i was like man i would have liked for them to have won yeah i was just like great no overtime they won perfect yeah i certainly wasn't crushed by it although in my earlier years i might have been more uh affected yeah upwards of hours or maybe a day i would have been grumpy about it shout out to j and j's shout out to j and j's shout out water uh yeah probably my favorite bar in the bywater um not new orleans it's yeah it's up there on my list yeah it's got some charm or probably not charm it has televisions and it has uh food and really nice people relatively cheap drinks yeah decently cheap drinks the the people there are nice when the saints play they just have free food um so that's cool yeah charm yeah it's not like you know the stuff on the walls is like normal bar stuff so there's a lot of regulars yeah that's kind of a lot of strange people there a lot of strange regulars I think they're like probably relatively welcoming to like dirtier, mangier people. I think that's a good thing. Uh, no offense to dirty, mangy people. I'm saying it's good that they're like welcome there. I'm saying it's a not pretentious place. So I'm saying sometimes I'm dirty and mangy too, and I feel like JJ's would welcome me. I had not shaved in a while last time I was there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, do you have anything else that you're thankful for? I have so many things that I'm thankful for. Um, I have been, I, I feel, uh, I feel lucky, uh, that I've, um, had a lot of, um, good things in my life recently. Um, I guess, uh, 
if I was like picking like something just out of the blue, I guess I would say like I'm thankful for my family. Um, I realized that like it is not a given by any means to have like a good relationship with your family, and I do have a good relationship with them, and uh, I feel very fortunate that that is the case. Um, and I'm going to go back to Virginia where my parents live uh, for Thanksgiving. My brother is just about to finish up uh, grad school, so he's actually not coming back, but his uh, new wife uh, is going to pick me up from the airport in D.C. and drive me down to Charlottesville um, out of the goodness of her heart uh, and because she wanted to have dinner with my parents um, in Charlottesville. So I'm just thankful that for family in that sense. And then I'm going to ride back up to D.C. with my dad, who plays in a band, uh, and a bunch of uh, friends will be there too. And I am just uh, feel very lucky that... Um, that's the kind of thing that I get to experience in my life at this moment. Um, so try to recognize that is important. Because, uh, you know, in my life as well, not always, it's not always like this. And so it's important when it is nice uh, to kind of recognize when the things that are nice. Because there's other stuff that is hard in my life too. But um, yeah, I've been feeling very lucky recently. So I'm thankful for my family, thankful for my friends. Uh, my li- all our listeners and Ray are some of those friends so and family I guess I don't know my mom said that she was unable to figure out how to <laughs> leave a review on iTunes uh, and she also seemed like she didn't actually want to listen to it <laughs> she just wanted to leave a review which is fine if that's what you want to do just leave a review but <laughs> uh, shout out yeah shout out to my family yeah good call good call yeah, I caught up with my folks today, and uh, I'll also be headed to Philly. Well, I'll be I'll be headed to f- home to Philly, um, or Upper Darby specifically for those who are aware of why that's different than Philly. Um, and yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I think that's really important to be reflective um, about that. Yeah, I'm very grateful for my family. Just always have folks you can go back to care about you that's a big it's a big thing that we ought not take for granted so shout out to my family i think only my brother listens so shout out to jeff he not only listens sometimes he's a guest yes um (laughs) but uh yeah um in a similar type of well related to that um I'm really thankful for my church family that I have here in New Orleans. I go to this church called St. Rock and uh, it's just a good, it's just a really awesome group of people uh, that are very different and uh, beautiful in different ways. Um, But I have a little anecdote from church today that I want to share. Yeah. Um, The praise team was singing and I wish I knew the song, but they were really like rocking. Um, might have been so good. No, I don't know what it was, but um, they were really feeling it. And uh, and afterwards, um, our elder Aaron, he's an awesome dude. Uh, one of our elders, Aaron, got up, and he was about to read like the Old and New Testament readings, and <laughs> he was just like pretty pumped up. And he's like, oh, man, maybe we should just go outside. <laughs> and uh, and there's kind of like silence and like laughing. And but he was still like just feeling it. And uh, I thought he was actually going to get us all to go outside, but he didn't. 
Uh, mm. But he's like, after a few minutes of thinking, he's like, maybe we can all sing to the praise team. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Equally good suggestion. I love both of those suggestions. Yeah. Uh, and so... He's like, he's like, all right, get the lyrics back up, and, and he's like, do we need a beat? <laughs> and uh, and then um, he's like, where do we start? And then Anne started playing. Uh, she plays guitar. Um, and then this uh, Ben, uh, our deacon, just like starts singing, uh, and it was just like real. And then everybody started singing, and it was just really nice. And so. Uh, I am grateful to be a part of a church where that stuff happens. And, uh, yeah, really thankful for the folks there and the community that's there. So nice. I like that story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing it. For sure. For sure. Um, I do kind of wish you had gone outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Later, Aaron and a bunch of the kids were <laughs> building a really tall thing out of milk crates, uh, which Aaron can compared to the Tower of Babel. Uh, <laughs> so I don't necessarily think that the the kids were trying to, um, you know, outdo God or get to heaven, but... When the milk crates fell over, were they unable to understand each other? <laughs> Are they unable to understand each other yeah. in the first place? Is kind I of... think the manner in which they understand... I worked the nursery today, and <laughs> the manner in which they understand each other is, uh, let's say different maybe like Babel in a lot of ways you know mm. lots of like incomplete thoughts some some of them can't say words um they communicate with touch a lot um yeah so so yeah so you did yeah I like that um if we don't have it we can do more Thanksgivings or we could go to our, our uh, game that we're going to do. Oh, yeah. So um, I could go on with Thanksgivings a whole lot. I really enjoy the practice of saying things I'm thankful for. And there are many things beyond the things that I've mentioned that I'm thankful for. Probably not as many basketball things, but definitely more like life things. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I uh, but I do. I am thankful that um our listeners are very patient with us and uh, sometimes we do long podcasts and this one is probably around our average length of longness. Uh, and I'm thankful that Ray had uh, talked about this game that we were going to do possibly as a recurring segment. So maybe Ray, if you want to just describe it and then we can uh, play, play it yeah. or do the thing. We'll see how it goes and we might tweak with the format, but um, so uh, we appreciate um portmanteaus so portmanteaus where you like basically put two words together to form a new word um what's even better than a portmanteau is a sportmanteau um which of course is a portmanteau but involves sports um in college we played a game called boxketball uh Ooh. we had some we had some boxing gloves that uh we purchased uh first year to have little boxing matches in our dorms which was fun um and uh yeah so ultimately we played some boxketball uh basically basketball with boxing gloves on where you can punch people um and yeah uh our friend casey's really good at it because he's really strong <laughs> and good at basketball <laughs> i'm thankful that i survived boxketball 
<laughs> might have gotten my spleen lacerated at one point there. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I definitely didn't win. <laughs> um, so in the spirit of that, I think we could... Uh, I thought it'd be fun to experiment with some sportmanteaus um, on the podcast. And so what we're going to do now is both Court and I have wrote uh, wrote down a sport or game um you've written yours already i have so have i okay and so now we're gonna we're just we don't know what they are so we're gonna say them and then we're just gonna talk about that sport manteau that or we'll make a sport manteau out of them and then talk about that sport okay. potentially talk about who might be good at that sport. okay are you ready yeah do you want to go first or should we go at the same time go, you should, uh let's go at the same time okay one, one two, two three, three. marathon Bowling. Did you say bowling? Yeah. I said marathon. Okay. <laughs> bowling marathon. Um, marathon so is a this? hard one because it's often used as a modifier to like talk about like yeah, a bowling you marathon can always just, like, would be like a your bowl. Yeah. You bowl. Oh, bowlathon. I forgot there's already a thing. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but no, not, but that's I don't a want it to thing. be. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be a bowlathon. I want yeah. it to be a bowling marathon or a, or a marabowl. Yeah. Marabowlathon. Marabowling. Marabowling. I like that. Okay. Marabowling. Okay. So, I, I'm trying. In my mind, you are running 26 miles, and you have to to carry a bowling ball for possibly more than one bowling ball for this Mm -hmm. entire time. Yeah, I like that. What if you like had to run a marathon carrying a bowling ball? And like, but you only got credit if like you like right after you run into a bowling lane <laughs> and you have to throw a strike, you know? Or else you don't. Like <laughs> it's like sorry, you didn't win. So, so whoever crosses the finish line first and then but makes the strike, yeah. Do, uh, do you you have to throw it like right within a certain amount of time think, that you cross? I think so. Yeah. Within like thirty seconds. Well, I guess you. Or could. does it matter? Does it is it the first person who gets the strike i think it's the first person that gets the strike. okay i think that's a good time limit because yeah. then if you finish like pretty far yeah. ahead you could like rest for a second and then try to throw yeah. it and like but if you're like at the same time as someone else carrying a bowling ball <laughs> then you're like running and trying to throw at the same time oh that would be great <laughs> that would be great um and i guess in so in general this would make like marathon runners are not necessarily strong uh, or their st- upper body strength yes. maybe not be they're there. strong in a lot of ways right yeah yeah um and so mentally <laughs> mentally yeah and i guess it would be enduringly <laughs> i guess it would make sense to have a lighter weight bowling ball obviously for the running but then it would be less likely to get a strike yes you certainly <laughs> you would have to keep that into consideration yeah so i think like i wonder what then the optimal pound ball would be It'd probably be like 10 pounds or something for me it couldn't be any more than uh 12 because i can't throw more than 12 <laughs> when we play bowling but i do pretty good with the 12 pound ball yeah 12 12 is 12 is a nice number if i was running a marathon i've not run a marathon before so i'd probably just pick like a six pound ball and be like whatever if i lose i don't care <laughs> <laughs> which would well the six pound ball is sad because you would definitely not throw a strike with that yeah i guess i'd try with a 10 pounder knowing that i would not laurel a strike likely but i would at yeah. least have the chance of it and that would sustain me in my goal to run 26 miles with a bowling yeah. ball yeah 
I guess you could also do something like as a team where like you have a team of 11 and like everybody carries one pin and one person carries the ball and you don't have to like get over and then like set it up and then. I like that too. I do kind of like this version though. Like just yeah. the soul, like you're carrying this ball. It's kind of like that one where it's cr- uh, cross country skiing and you shoot mm-hmm. the targets, but I don't understand yeah. how that works. Oh, and that's... I definitely understand how this works. So decathlon, <laughs> biathlon, um, it's biathlon. Biathlon. Cause yes. we tried, I called the lady at the park uh, Valley. Whatever. We did try to do a biathlon. Yeah. I called this lady in Utah and asked whether they had biathlon <laughs> spots available, but it was the youth biathlon championship <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> so we just did regular cross country skiing, which was pretty hard yes um yes okay so i think we i think we came up with something good here so somebody so and i guess you just then have to practice like running with a bowl like which would be pretty funny like yeah. oh you're training for a marathon like <laughs> well yeah but like you have to carry a bowling ball and then get a strike at the end or else it doesn't count Can, do you think if you were practicing would you try to carry like a 10 pound brick or like a bowling ball is kind of different do you think you would yeah. actually carry the bowling ball when you were practicing well, I was actually thinking about, I think so. Yeah, because I think you want to get used to carrying the bowling ball, <laughs> you know? So I think the question is whether you try to hold it with like two hands, right? Mm-hmm. Or whether you, I think if it's light enough, you could probably just like switch from your right to left hand. Oh, yeah. But that then. I don't, but like in your grip, I wouldn't put my fingers yeah. in it because like that would make your oh. fingers so tired. Well, I guess you could also just, I mean, we didn't, you could just have a pack too. That's probably the way to go. No, I don't think a pack is allowed. <laughs> okay. I think you have to carry it in your hands. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you think, could you kind of like kick it? Yeah, but it would make your ball messed up when yeah. you tried to roll it down it would the be lane. A gnarly ball. Um, okay so okay so you you can't use a pack you have you could kick it if you wanted you don't have to nest you could could you roll it forward that seems like kind of cheating i think you have to have it like certainly like close to you kind of otherwise you could yeah. just like roll it down a hill would that be yeah. worth it though hmm and then you have to get it maybe it like goes off to the side you have to go down into like a ravine i think yeah i think you just have to carry it yeah in my mind i don't know you feel free to push back on this i think that's probably right i guess there's then a question like well what if you accidentally drop it you know that you could totally accidentally drop if you pick it up yeah if you pick it up again within five seconds or some five second Mm -hmm. rule it's like food Mm -hmm. yeah and that would be kind of funny if you like dropped it on a hill and then you like had to like dive and get it again or something also wonder if you could kind of get like a variable weight bowling ball like a, a bowling ball that like you could put water in like a water bed but a bowling ball oh you would just it would be like a beach ball and then you would fill it up with water yeah and then roll it yeah so it's heavier when you get there but you don't have to carry it as much but it would hmm. still be kind of crappy because it would be a water-filled beach ball that you're trying to use as a bowling ball but you could probably make one that like worked really well if you yeah. were good at engineering yeah all right, you're trying to, but you're getting away from yeah, I'm the purity this. of the game. You're <laughs> you're affecting disgrace. the purity of the game of Marable. I'm hinking it right now. <laughs> Thanksgiving. All right, with, for this game, we also have to say like who we think would be a good player at this game. Yeah. So, I don't know <laughs> any good marathon runners, uh, and the best ones are not necessarily. Uh, don't appear to have like strong upper bodies 
but they'd probably still be better. Yeah. You'd probably just get all the best marathon runners, give them a really light bowling ball. <laughs> and then one and of them. And then just like, <coughs> just like tell them to practice bowling a lot. <laughs> I guess is what you'd do. But I guess among athletes that, hmm. Oh, well, what's, oh gosh, why don't I know his name? There's the really good, um, uh, decathlete american guy yeah i feel What's like one name? of one of those guys might be the play because don't yeah. they have to do something throwy they have to do i think probably javelin yeah they probably have to do some combination of javelin discus and um yeah um yeah so yeah that that guy that that decathlon guy uh, who's maybe arguably one of the best American athletes ever. Um, he won a lot of decathlons. I think maybe he set the record, but nobody cares about things like decathlons, so that's why we don't know his name. Yeah, but if he was... something like Ethan or Alan or something like that. If he was good at marabowling, though, then we would know his Mara name. Marabowling, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Ethan Allen, if you're out there listening, <laughs> you should consider marabowling. <laughs> yeah. And bring great glory to America. Maybe we should just set up uh, bowling pins at the end of marathons, <laughs> and just say, "All right, where's your ball?" Yeah, just <laughs> hand them a ball and be like, "This is practice for later." <laughs> um, I know that uh, of the two of us, you seem to be the more likely one to run a marathon soon. <laughs> yes, I have signed up for a marathon. Um, uh, have you purchased a bowling ball? I. I haven't. I do have. I do probably still own a bowling ball in my house in Upper Darby. Uh, so I, I suppose I could bring it back. And actually, this would be, if it's still there, it would be my childhood bowling ball, um, which was light because I was, you know, I don't know, six when I was using it or something like that. So uh, it was purple. It All right. Razor on it. Nice. Okay. So I think you should do your marathon thing like independently no of this. Ball. Okay. But. And I think a marathon is too long to do it, but I think we should do like a two mile run or something with bowling balls and we should have people okay, try to yeah. try to get people to do that and then have somehow set up a lane with pins. Okay. Yeah. We could do it. I think we could end at Crescent Park and have some, I mean, we could at least get those uh, crappy like kids bowling pins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it also feels like it wouldn't be that hard to get like old bowling pins from a bowling yeah. alley or something. Um, Okay, I like this. Man. Yeah. You know, like, you could you could do that. That could be, like, an art. Like, I don't understand how that's not an art thing. Mm. Like, you could have that be an exhibit. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's definitely do that. If you're like... listening to this and you're some sort of art person that I've pitched this to, I'm not doing it as a joke. I am very serious <laughs> about this as a piece, and I will have reasons why it's an art piece later when I talk to you. Um, but... Okay, yeah. This is, I feel like the Baldwins would get really into it. <laughs> and they would definitely be like some of the fastest people. Um, and then I could just see like Craig missing in the shot and be yeah. so mad. A pin would like but, somehow oh, not fall over. And then you could just start again. If we make it short enough, you could start again. <laughs> oh, gosh, this is great. Oh, man. Okay. I'm imagining now that like it's a two mile race and we have like you, me, and Craig and like we keep <laughs> missing strikes. And like I give up obviously after the first one, but somehow you and Craig are like continually running two miles with bowling balls until we get kicked out of Crescent Park. <laughs> All right. 
And then somehow Greg Siever shows up at the end, or Joel, she like run, comes down from St. Louis. And he just gets a strike, <laughs> takes right, a strike away. right away. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That'd be the worst. All right. Um, great. So we have that as a plan in the future. Um, that was an extremely successful first segment of this. It was yeah. beyond my wildest dreams. Um, so I, I and hope- honestly, when I first thought of it, when we were, when I was a marathon bowling, I wasn't like super excited about it, but I think it went in a great direction. I think we should do the segment again, Ray. Let's do it. Let's do awesome. It. So next time we'll do another sport manteau for you. You know, this segment is called the sport manteau on half court and mid range. Tell your friends about it. <laughs> well, listeners- oh, also if you are, um, we talked about thanking folks for telling other people to listen it listen to this podcast if you are say listening to this in an airport um maybe right now maybe you should turn to a stranger say hey have you heard of this podcast called half court and mid-range do you want to listen to it on my headphones wow um it would be like garden state <laughs> can yeah. we make a video of garden state and then she's like listen to this and then it's half court our podcast oh, yeah. <laughs> hey welcome to half court and mid-range <laughs> <laughs> no, it would definitely be a part where you're talking about Dota 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um yes. That's that's that sounds great. Um so if you do that, uh that would be great. If not, that's probably awkward. It's a challenge. Yeah, or and text us if that happens or tweet at us, just contact us and yeah. let us know how it goes. Take a selfie of yourself and that person being like, We're listening to Half Court Mid Range, I just made a friend. And we'll describe the selfie on the next episode. Yes. Um well, Ray, I'm thankful for our listeners. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that this is our 25th episode. I don't know. It's something like that. We've done a lot of episodes together, and yeah. we've had a lot of friends on here. We've had a lot of fun, um, and uh, I'm so glad to have do- uh, to be doing this podcast with you. Likewise. Thank you, Court. Uh, yeah, this is uh, like watching sports gives me some levity. Uh, doing the podcast does as well, so thankful for it and for you, and uh as y'all court does court does all the editing and uh actually all of the technical things that make the podcast exist so thank you for all that court and uh of course yeah you're welcome uh thanks to all our listeners once again and we hope that everybody has a great night uh and thanks for listening see you next time happy thanksgiving (laughs) 